All right, very good. It worked, sounds. Good job. Let's pray together. Good morning, Lord. We, uh, we love you. Would you guide us as uh, we think about going from being detoured to being desperate, desperate for you. We've sung about that last night and this morning. Uh, would you put that in our hearts today? In Jesus' name, and all sleepy people said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so um, my son, Andrew, is an animal expert, okay? So Andrew's going to come on up. Come on up, buddy. All right. Okay, he's taking some deep breaths here. Take some deep breaths. Okay, so, hey, you were going to tell us the difference between a fish and a whale, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's the difference between a fish and a whale? Uh, whales can breathe with their bowels and fish... With the gills. Okay, so what he said is uh, uh, whales have use blow holes and fish use gills, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, and so you you have a you think that maybe you have some ideas about what swallowed Jonah, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, what do you think swallowed Jonah? Uh, first of all, I think Jonah got swallowed by a whale shark. A whale shark, maybe a whale shark. Maybe and uh, maybe a uh, megadon. Megadon. Maybe something extinct. An extinct creature from a dinosaur. Like a extinct like someone like a dino, like a like something extinct like dinosaurs. Yeah, you saw it in forty show in Charleston. Oh yeah, we did see that. Okay, so maybe a whale shark, or maybe something that doesn't live anymore. Right. Right. Okay. Good thought. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Good job. Good job. <laughs> All right. So if you have a Bible, turn to Jonah chapter two. Last night we asked the question, can you run away from God? And the answer is, yes. Can you hide from God? No. Do you remember in Genesis chapter 1, where 1 and 2, where Adam and Eve were, were uh, brought on planet Earth, and then there was this scene where uh, they've sinned, and God uh, is kind of chasing them down? And Adam said, I was afraid, so I hid. And I told you last night that my Tarshish, my, my place of escape is this. And I asked you, what's your Tarshish? And then what's your Nineveh? What's the place that God has for you to go to that you just don't want to go to? But he's called you to go there. So in chapter, chapter 2 of Jonah, 
Actually, let's start at chapter 1, verse 17. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the whale three day, or inside the fish three days and three nights. We discussed last night. We're not really sure if it was a whale. We're not, in fact, the Bible says fish. We're not sure what it was. Uh, I, do, I did, have done some study that there have been some actual human beings that have actually been swallowed by big fish and actually survived. One person ended up in a mental institution, Howard. Um, it wasn't you, by the way. Um, and one guy um, just kind of got lost all his hair. I mean, uh, he came out like bleach white. Um, so interesting stuff. So here is a man who's on the run. And um, in chapter 2, it starts off by saying, From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Now, he's going to go on to this very long, long prayer. And just a heads up, all the things that he's praying is stuff that he's learned as a Jewish kid. These are things that are coming to him while he's in this big fish. Okay, so you've got three days and three nights. Let's just imagine the, the fish is this size, this room. So there's a little bit of breathing room, but what are some of the things that are inside this big fish? Someone give me a shout out. What are some things that you might see? What's that? More fish, yes. 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 What else? What might it smell like? Yes. Might smell like fish? Yeah, do you think that you might feel a little nauseous? Yeah, a little gross. You think it might be a little dark? Okay. All right. So, I don't know what you would pray, but here's what I would pray. That's what I pray. <laughs> Help! <laughs> Are you sleepy people awake now? <laughs> Help! That's what I'd pray. But he doesn't pray that at all. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the sea, and the current swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept above me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The, sea, the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. That's a visual aid. Can you seaweed wrapped around my head? Sounds gross. To the roots of the mountains I sink down. The earth beneath barred me in forever, but you brought my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, O Lord. He's quoting the Psalms. My prayer rose to you from your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the next verse says, And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry ground. Everybody say vomit. vomit. All right, just one wanted you to say that. just thought it was kind of a cool word. Okay. Slide away, my friend. So I want you to think about storms in chapter 1. I want you to think about big fish in chapter 1 and chapter 2. I want you to think about that in light of this. The storm is not God's punishment. A lot of times when trouble hits our life, we somehow connect the dots and we think God must be punishing us. Not necessarily true. Not necessarily true. 
We have this guilty thing going on, primarily in America, that if, something, if, if I've done something wrong, God might torture me. He might beat me. He might do something to hurt me. You need to understand that the storm in this context is not God's punishment. It's actually God's intervention. It's the way God's intervening here. The storm is not intended to hurt Jonah. The storm is actually intended to help Jonah. He's, what he's trying to do, he's trying to get Jonah's attention. And so when you get the word that your best friend has died, when you get the word that your mom or, or your father or someone has terminal cancer, when you hear those things, God has allowed those things to happen in our lives to get our attention. Because most of our focus is on whom? Who said that? Yeah, everybody say me. Our attention's on me, isn't it? We get, it our, we, get, we get the mirrored look, and we have the mirror out all the time. We're looking at us all the time. And we're introspective, and we're self-focused, and we're self-absorbed. When you see this fish in your life that's gotten your attention, recognize that God has done it out of his great affection. He's not angry at you. He loves you. He cares about you. He cares about you enough to track you down and track me down to get our attention. Because when we see storms and we see these fish, these are means of grace. These are not ways of, of making us bitter. These are meant to make us better. So, let me ask you a question. And talk to the person to your right or left. If you are inside a big fish for three days and three nights, what are you thinking about? All right? You got 30 seconds. What are you thinking about? Go. We'll go next slide. Next slide. Next one. Next. Okay, so what are you thinking about? Front row, what are you guys thinking about? You're in a big fish. What are you thinking about? They're making you speak. Huh? You would tickle his tongue. You would tickle the fish's tongue. That is very clever. I like that. Howard, Howard's going. All right, someone else. What are you thinking about? What are you doing? Yes. What are you doing? Oh, you're climbing. <laughs> you're climbing. Okay. Someone else, what are you doing? What are you thinking about? You're doing what? Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll pray for you. Okay. Okay. Someone else, what are you thinking about? You're in a big fish. You're stuck there three days. What are you thinking? Huh? Is anyone freaking out? Is anyone flipped out? Is anyone thinking I'm going to die? Anyone thinking I'm hungry? Thirsty, yeah. Is anyone in here thinking I'm going to eat a dead fish? Maybe, maybe. 
Beer can. Leftover beer. All right. So here's Jonah's prayer, right? He's prayed. A very eloquent prayer. My question is, is Jonah's desperation prayer to get him out of something, meaning get me out of this fish, get me out of going to Nineveh, maybe let me die, or is it that Jonah is actually becoming desperate for only God and only what God can do in his life? Have you gotten to that point in your life yet where God has brought you face-to-face to the reality of all I need is really God? That's where he's trying to drive us to. Are your prayers primarily out of com- getting out of discomfort? Is it primarily to stay in comfort zone? Or is it really to connect with God? Next slide. So here's, a, here's one little graphic of a silly kind of picture of a... What is that, Andrew? What kind of... You know what that... Huh? That's a blue whale? He is an animal expert, I'm telling you. Next slide. So uh, Jonah, I am Jonah. I can afford this big trip. I'm a man of many options. I've got many resources. But the Lord has stopped me. Here's the cool thing about storms. Here's the cool thing about fish. They reveal what's deep inside of us. So he's got three days and three nights to do a heck of a lot of thinking. He gets time to really think about his life. Do I really want to follow God or not? Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of the iceberg principle. Have you ever seen a picture of an iceberg? All right. And when you're looking at it, do you know how much you're really seeing? You're only seeing 10%. And 90% is where? Underwater. And so what the iceberg principle is, is that sometimes God will allow stuff to happen in our life. And what we only see is about 10%, but down beneath the surface of our lives, that 90%, God's doing something. God's stirring something up. God's showing stuff to us. He's trying to show us maybe we got pride, or maybe we got anger issues, or maybe we got a relationship problem with someone that we need to go to them and say, hey, I'm sorry, man. Forgive me. You know, I've not been a, I've not been a good friend. I've been a jerk to you. And so God uses storms, and he uses these fish, and he uses these obstacles. We would call them in the New Testament trials, tribulations, uh, testings. They come to reveal what's inside of us. Another picture, uh, an old kind of picture of uh, perhaps Jonah uh, ready to be swallowed and then eventually be vomited out. Next slide. So in his prayer, he prays from the Psalms, Psalm 18, Psalm 30, and Psalm 120, which is a psalm of, Lord, relieve me from distress. Psalm 30 is, Lord, deliver me from the pit. Psalm 142 is, life was ebbing away from me. Psalm 3 is, salvation comes only from God. I cannot save myself. Psalm, Psalm, Psalm 18, I'm deep, deep, deep in the depths. You ever been depressed? You ever been lonely? You ever felt alone? You ever felt invisible? You ever felt like nobody cared? That's what Jonah's feeling. Jonah is praying the Psalms. If you ever want to read a book in the Bible that's actually comforting but sometimes depressing, it's the book of Psalms. Because David felt a lot of this. King David felt a lot of this. 
So, he prays this. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. What is salvation? Salvation is deliverance from sin and from me. See, we want to be rescued from storms. We want to be rescued from fish. When, when reality is the storms and the fish are actually the means to get our attention. Jonah gets rescued from his smallness and pettiness and hard-heartedness and self-centeredness and his worldview in which everything revolves around him. Let's say that again. He gets rescued from his smallness and pettiness and hard-heartedness and self-centeredness and worldview in which everything revolves around himself. God wants to deliver us from us. So Priscilla Shira writes these words, interruptions are often God's big interventions. Let's say that together, right? Interruptions are often God's big interventions. In other words, God uses certain things that appears to be things to distract us, but these things are really to get our attention. These interruptions are to get our attention to say, whoa, what is God trying to do here? So the question for all of us, next slide. Uh, I don't, go back, go back, go back. Just, just no, no, go, no, no, go, go to the very end. You go to the very end. Keep going. You're, that's good. Stay right there. That's good. Perfect. Um, what will it take to get your attention? What will it take God to do to get your attention? Chapter 1 is about detour. Chapter 2 is about being desperate. So here's your three questions for your small groups this morning. When have you had control taken away? How did it make you feel? When have you been disrupted and interrupted by God? And what do you consider to be out of your comfort zone? What things are out of your comfort zone? So you got 15 minutes. Find your small group. You're in here. Spread around the room. Those are your three questions. Have fun. Go.